What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 206 in year four. And today we have like one topic. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It is not a lot going on in this uh, news cycle. And it is involving a gym from The Office uh, is the big news that's coming out this week is he's rumored to play Batman. I don't know where this is coming from, Clay. Uh, I just saw it and I was like, I, I saw it on like a DC Spanish Twitter. So it was like, obviously, um, you have the translating and whatnot. And sometimes when you translate those things on Twitter, they're not the best. So I don't know all the, all the stuff that it's coming from, but yeah. yeah. The initial post, I actually got it right here. The translation comes from insiders are hinting that John Krasinski is in talks for a role within the DC universe. Our bet is that he can interpret Batman pretty well. What do you think? Now, this is legit just their assumption that yeah. he's going to be Batman. And then it took Twitter and the internet by storm. Um, yeah. And guys, this one I legitimately uh, will have to uh, always agree on what Juice usually says. If it's not coming from James Gunn, don't believe it. Yeah. Um, we had heard weeks ago that uh, the casting for Batman was uh, miles, uh, off. miles, miles away. off. Yeah. Miles away. And uh, I had heard that there was a response from James Gunn regarding this rumor, but even so uh, I just post, I had posted it in the discord and you said for Batman, no thanks. And you said for green lantern, you would be okay with him. Yeah. I mean, if he's going to be a Hal Jordan, I mean, he's tall, he's got the body, he can be comedic, mm-hmm. um, and he can also play dry humor really well. And I don't necessarily, because like when I see Hal, like Hal's not like slapstick, haha, comedy to me, but he's also not super dry. Yeah. Um, but I think Krasinski could do really well as a Green Lantern. So I would go with him. I just. I, I just don't think he has the look. Here's the thing about Krasinski. I don't find him intimidating. And yeah. honestly, yeah. I, I have been watching him in the Jack Ryan series on okay. uh, Amazon Prime. I think he does it very, very well. Um, he is just, of course, this like CIA agent. He does the action very well. He was also in the movie 13 Hours, which I have not seen. Uh, but I know that's like the start of his like serious takes on on film and in television uh but i think he does it very well i don't see him as a batman uh in all honesty i do however can see him as a ted court that would be interesting although the director of blue beetle said his ted court is um what's his face Uh, oh uh uh Oh shoot! I forgot. I'm trying uh, to find Sadakis. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, his, yeah. Uh, what's is it his Jason? Full name? Is it uh, Jason Sadakis? I think it was his Sadakis. Name. Yeah, Jason. I'm trying to Jason, pull it up. Yeah, Jason Sadakis. Uh, he said here the the yeah. quote is my dream actor for Ted Cord was all has always been Jason Sadakis, which is where those rumors came from. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. I'm guessing uh, the director had said it somewhere and then somebody overheard him. But at the end of the day, it's about who is 
best for the character who loves uh, what we're trying to do and who is willing to see Jaime Reyes story continue. Uh, yeah, I, I can see uh, Jason S- uh, Sudeikis in the role. I, I can also see, uh, you know, Jim from the office, uh, uh, John Krasinski, just cause again, it's the dry humor. I yeah. think that, uh, uh, John Krasinski works really well when he is, uh, working off of somebody, which Ted cord has always bounced off of that of a booster gold, uh, mm. even better if, uh, Jaime Reyes is there as well. So, uh, if John Krasinski was going to be in the DCU um, and he wasn't Ted Kord, clearly is not going to be Batman. Um, I'm, I I don't know who he could play, to be honest. Um, I don't see him in a hero role. um, If anything, I see him Mm. like maybe as a side character. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, I'm sure somebody could uh, uh, help us out here. But there is like a jock type of reporter at the Daily Planet mm-hmm. uh, that's a really big fan of Booster Gold. I could see Krasinski playing that character. Um, mm. But but nothing big-wise. But I know that Krasinski is a big enough actor now yeah. that I don't think he would just take a side character role. I just don't see him as Ted Cord because you got to... If I had to put money on it, Booster Gold is going to be Chris Pratt. So I don't think Krasinski and Chris Pratt, I just don't see that as a good duo. To be honest, because when I think about it, I feel like I don't know Chris Pratt's height, but he feels shorter than a lot of people. And he's stockier than a lot of people. And when I think Booster, I think tall and skinny. So I think Krasinski looks more tall and skinny than Chris Pratt. So I don't know. Um, But I don't think that's how it's going to happen. I do think Chris Pratt is going to be Booster Gold because Booster Gold is silly, you know, is comedic. Um, Chris Pratt just made a billion dollars as Mario with his terrible voice. And I think he is just going to get that role. So according to the Internet, Chris Pratt is six two. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I don't know how tall Krasinski is, but. He is still, he's not like Chris Pratt isn't skinny. So like, I, I just feel like he's going to look weird as booster gold. Cause you got to remember it's yellow and yellow pops. And if you have somebody in yellow that is very stocky, it looks wide and big. I wonder if they'll go more with like the golden tone of the costume rather than like pure yellow, you know, it's still so bright though. You know, Mm -hmm. like just look at, um, it's like a fucking oh my god! What's the Sonic villain Egghead? I mean, he's got a he's all red. Oh, he's yeah, round. Yeah. He's like a big red ball. And not saying that that's <laughs> that's fucking uh, what's his name, but that's just how red co- like bright colors do that. And you don't see yeah. that a lot in superhero movies. Um, like that are like I think it's why everybody's like, oh, let's go navy, let's go this, let's go that, because when you wear a bright color, it, it you know it expands pretty much. But anyways, um. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I It's going to be very interesting to see what they do there. But definitely don't see him as a as a Batman. Like Yeah, honestly. so uh, on threads, somebody mm-hmm. messaged uh, James Gunn saying, I'm assuming rumors about the DCU Batman casting have no truth to them. And uh, he, quote, uh, threaded this and said, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about, 
but we don't even have a script and there's a there's a strike happening so no no casting as of yet yeah so uh we had heard this uh weeks ago I, I I genuinely think there is nothing going on right now with that movie. Uh, we had said that we we're pretty sure um, Muschietti is probably brainstorming some things, yeah. but that's probably it. Yeah, I just don't like. Do you need? I mean, I guess you do need the script technically to cast because there's probably like intense scenes that you're like, I need to know if you can act this out. Mm-hmm. But I also hear a lot of the times that they make fake scripts. And you read a fake script to see, like in the same kind of tone. Um, so it's like, oh, if he can handle this fake script, you know, reading. Or they take a script from old movies. Yeah. And they're like, oh, read this part, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you necessarily need that. But, I mean, actors are on strike too now. It's not just writers. So, mm-hmm. you know, they couldn't come in and do this kind of stuff if they wanted to. Which I think a lot of them want to, but they got to be quiet. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. But uh jake tillenall is still my my main cover and that's i've seen a lot on twitter like there's always somebody that's like no thanks and it has like gyllenhaal under under these kind of posts that are like who's yeah. gonna be and i'm like i'm glad there's other people on that boat and it's not fucking jensen eccles because like, i'm starting to see him less and less as like the people's favorite mm-hmm. uh he is slowly coming out as like a really big asshole uh um, i mean he, he gives me that vibe <laughs> so because yeah. here's the thing that i've met a lot of nerds that are complete assholes yeah and it's uh it's unfortunate um but you know it is what it is uh i i just don't think he's he fits um what's his name the the guy from the boys really well if he is an asshole oh yeah soldier boy uh, yeah, yeah soldier yeah. boy like so i don't know i don't see him as as batman at all uh although people want it very badly but, but there was also a uh, a comment to uh, James Gunn answering, and he says, here's a question I think you're more likely to answer. Have you given any thought to the layout of the land in the DCU, where the different cities are that the, her- that the heroes operate on uh, on a map? Will they be right next to each other or spread out across the country? Will the source uh, like the source material? DC has some great cities with their own identities. I hope we get to see that. And James Gunn said, we are creating an incredibly detailed world map. Hmm. Yeah. So we don't usually get to see this uh, anymore. Uh, We had the discussion, I think a couple weeks ago on the whole idea that, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, you knew where Metropolis was. You knew mm-hmm. where Gotham was. You knew where Central City was. And you like, you actually got to see these maps like in comics. Nowadays, it's kind of just implied and it depends on who's writing it, where the cities are and everything else. And there's no real de- definitive like map to tell you where everything is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is really cool that they are creating a world map because it gives me hope that like in maybe 10 years and so, and of course this is me having really high hopes, but in 10 years when they make one of those giant coffee table books of like the world of the DCU, mm-hmm. you're going to have all of the art pieces, the concept art for all of the movies. And then you're going to get in the middle of that book, the, the actual map of the DC universe. Yeah. The problem I have with them actually doing a map is 
it's gonna make those nerds that are very like, well, technically they actually got here in like you know 15 minutes in the movie, and um, there's no way that they can travel that distance. You know what I mean? You get those people. These these people are literal superheroes. Yeah. Like, well, come on, people. Yeah. If you've read the books, you know Batman has a plane that goes almost as fast as the Flash. Yeah. So, um, yeah, how you would explain that in reality, that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, still, uh, it's comic books. He can fall from the moon, everybody, and survive. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, I don't know. I mean, that's going to be cool. I think it's... As much as I like to shit on uh, Zack Snyder, I did think it was interesting that Metropolis was right next to Gotham and they were separated by like a harbor or bay or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's never been the reality, right? Because I feel like if you did have Gotham right next to Metropolis, Superman could handle both. So I, w- I do prefer them to be apart. Oh, that is true. I you never know? really considered that. Yeah, and so I think it's dumb that he just stops at the oh, oh, there's the bay. <laughs> can't can't cross water, guys. Like <laughs> I don't think you know. I don't think Batman Snyder would really be thought... kind of pissed at me if I if I got yeah. into Gotham. You know, yeah, because I feel like his Superman. Although he respects Batman, if he knows he can save so many more people, he would do that. But and if we they're... see it happen in comics. We yeah. see him like come into Gotham, and yeah, like Batman will always be like. You didn't you didn't tell me you were coming or like yeah. all of this other stuff. But like if they were legitimately right next to each other, there's yeah. no way Superman would let any of that really big stuff happen. Yeah, and I don't think Snyder really thought that out. Which by the way, off topic, what'd you think of Rebel Moon? Uh the teaser trailer was okay. I didn't mm-hmm. think it like wowed me. Yeah. Um, like I saw somebody say that like did Zack Snyder somehow make lightsabers even cooler? That's and no I was way. like, uh, and in my head, I'm thinking they just waved them around. You didn't even get to see them in action. Yeah. And they're like, oh, these are like better than real lightsabers. Uh, and then e- there was somebody that even took out a uh, piece of the Ahsoka show that debuted mm-hmm. this week. And they were like, yeah, there's no way you can tell me this is not uh this is better than Zack snyder's rebel mm-hmm. moon i'm like none of you have even seen it yet what the hell are y'all yeah. talking about yeah uh. it's, it's the dick writing for Zack snyder's movies is insane first of all the one thing like I, I actually reviewed this on stream so if anybody wants to go check out my last live stream um we reviewed it the day it came out and all i have to say is obviously Zack snyder stuff visually looks great it, it always does so yeah. that looks awesome it gave me sucker punch vibes because he's doing every fantasy you can think of in one setting. And I'm like, there's a reason why we have different genres because they don't all work well mixed together. Yeah. I think I need to see a story trailer to yeah. really get the vibe of what this movie's going to be. Yeah. And I also think it is a bad idea for him to already have a date for the second movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, maybe he filmed both of them back to back. Maybe so, I don't. I would. I would hope so. I would hope that some of the shit that happened in that trailer is from the second movie because yeah. there's so much. You have Tarzan that rides a Pegasus kind of monster thing or a griff. Uh, what is it called? A I don't a, know a tiger with yeah. wings. Yeah, yeah. 
you have that going on. Then you have like basically Nazi soldier zombie thingamabops or warriors that are supposed to be like the stormtroopers. Then you got lightsabers. And then you have like, I was just like, bro, how many genres are we putting into this movie right now? It's like he wanted Lord of the Rings and Star Wars together. Yeah. And I was like, bro, it was just too much. And I was like, what's the story here? I was like, <laughs> what's going on? Um, but I'm sure I'm pretty sure Zack Snyder says, well, actually, if you look at it, it's actually a story about them. You know, they have the whole spiel already, but I was just like, eh, it's okay. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, it, if it's not four hours. So yeah, that, well, <laughs> funny that you should say that because, uh, he has been quoted to already be making a director's cut for both parts they did they say he couldn't do something why make a director's cut when the studio lets you do whatever you want well the quote was also i just can't help myself i want to like Zack snyder i want to like him again because i used to be a huge fan yeah but just the him never coming out against his toxic audience is what kind of killed it for me and his toxic audience killed it for me yeah because i'm like look dude i like the guy too but y'all treat him like he's fucking jesus like you know it's crazy <laughs> I, I would say better than Jesus is how I feel like they view him. Yeah. Like they could see Jesus walk on water. He can well, come back, walk well, on water. And they, 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 there's the, uh, the Photoshop image of Zack Snyder in the Jesus robes. Yeah. Like, like the, the photo that you usually see on the candles. Yeah. They just, they just Photoshopped Zack Snyder. Like the Virgin off. Mary? Or? Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, that's <laughs> fucking wild. Anyways, so there's that. Uh, other than that, I think we don't really have any big other news that came out. I mean, I know uh, they announced it's like the 25th that the Flash comes out on Max or something like that. Like that yeah. was announced. There was a rumor that Blue Beetle was already going to be out on DVD next month, but I think that was a false rumor. Yeah, so the there was uh, postings online saying that it was available. It was going to be available digitally mm-hmm. uh, next month. Of course, this is that doesn't mean streaming for free on Max. Yeah. It meant uh, VOD, so you mm-hmm. would have to purchase it, uh, whether that be on Google Play, iTunes, and all of that stuff. Uh, but apparently, there has not been an actual confirmation from Warner Brothers that that date is for real. Yeah. Um, but apparently on iTunes, it is already available to pre-order. Hmm. So like you can have the pre-order ready. Yeah. Uh, but I and I think they just have like a placement date on that pre-order. Mm. So yeah, number one movie in the world, baby. <laughs> Take that, Barbie. <laughs> Only had to be five weeks after you released your movie, but still we took it down. I saw somebody on twitter was all like hell yeah blue beetle the mexicanas took over the white girl or some <laughs> shit like that like took down the white man or some bullshit like that i was fucking laughing <sighs> um but i mean it's a solid movie i did see uh moist criticals i like to watch uh his opinions of it he was like it was a good film but it was pretty generic superhero film still like yeah there was, like, there was yeah. I, I did see a lot of that commentary that it was yeah. kind of just more of the same yeah uh a lot of people were praising the uh, all of the great things about the film, though. Yeah, the, yeah. They they said it was the it was a uh, 
a generic superhero film with a lot of great things added to it. Yeah, uh, was yeah. was a lot of the commentary towards it. Uh, so I do appreciate that that people are like actually seeing, hey, this isn't just a normal superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, in in that case, but and everybody's I, praising Sholo his performance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I think is really cool. Uh, yeah. What Critical said in that particular thing is he he wished the movie. Because he saw that that intense scene that we know about with one of the characters that happens midway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, I wish the movie would have been more like that. Like taking that emotional feeling from that moment and just built the whole movie more around being that serious. Uh, but I just don't think that's not Blue Beetle. You know what I mean? Blue Beetle isn't yeah. super serious. So he's their Spider-Man. That's what he's going to be. You know, I haven't watched all those Spider-Man films. I've seen two of the three. I don't remember it being super emotional. I, I think the older Spider-Man movies were more emotional. The most emotional one is the one that you haven't seen. Oh, okay. uh, so, uh, and all, and it's just those small little spots. Uh, yeah. The the whole thing around the trilogy of Spider-Man, uh, the director came out and said, like, the three movies in itself is Spider-Man's origin. Now yeah. we're going to get into, like, the actual spider-man story after this and i'm like god damn like it only took you six years to to complete a uh an origin story well i mean yeah when you think about it he also had what how many cameos you know what i mean so it's like six movies so it's just like his origin six movies that's crazy he fought an (laughs) intergalactic crazy superhero like it's a nuts anyway super villain but yeah so i don't know i think that's kind of cool um i did see that but you know what, man? Every time I see one of these movies comes out, and it will be solidified when when Aquaman comes out, I think James Gunn making that announcement video was the wrong idea because I don't think it would have killed the box office as bad as it has. Yeah. So I just there's no other like even the previous movies before this man at least made like three hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. and these are just lucky to even sniff that. Yeah. And, it, uh, it is bad. Uh, you know, I think the fact that there was bigger names in the Flash got it to at least bump up to over a hundred million. But yeah. we have now since uh, seen that you know the budget was in fact three hundred million dollars. Yeah, and with all of the marketing, it was closer to a five hundred million dollar movie, like a half yeah. a billion dollars to make that movie, and it only made two hundred and sixty. Yeah, million. A lot of people call bullshit on the marketing numbers that come out for a lot of movies that they're probably like a, a lot more less because like the Flash honestly was the only movie that I did see a lot of promotion for. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people were like Blue Beetle was promoted out the ass, and I'm like, where? I was like, <laughs> I saw it when I went to go watch other movies. Yeah, but I didn't really see it anywhere like all over Twitter and stuff. Um, but not the way I saw like the Flash. Like the Flash, I could believe that they spent a lot of money on, but. Uh, yeah, man, I think it's just at the time we were obviously really hyped, but I, I didn't even think about it as much as it would just kill people and be like, oh, so these movies don't matter. Um, I just don't know how you handle it differently. I think maybe you just shut up like, right. You don't say anything, but unfortunately the problem is you couldn't start working on the new stuff without people hearing the rumors. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What you could have done, though, is if you were going to shut the hell up, you 
push Aquaman before the Flash, and you have the Flash reset everything, and there's your new universe. You know what I mean? It's just wild to me that, uh, again, like, I'm not in VFX, so I don't know mm-hmm. how intensive everything is, but I do know, hey, you're working with an underwater, what, underwater world. Mm-hmm. You're having to animate hair and all of these small details. Uh, but it is wild how long it took for that movie to apparently be, like, actually ready yeah. to view. <clears throat> I mean, we don't even have a trailer yet. Yeah. So, like... Um... Yeah, it's intense. It's it's crazy. I don't I don't know how they how they do it, but either way, um, well, I think we're gonna have one more DC flop, and then we can finally be like, well, this is on James Gunn now. Um, so we'll go from there. But that is pretty much all the news we have, ladies and gentlemen. Um, very very slow week going on here. I don't think there's anything we missed. There was a outside of um Batman news, possible concept art for the new Wonder Woman game um that yeah i out. saw you posted that on the discord it looks really good yeah yeah uh, i saw a lot of people praising that she has her lasso because i didn't know it was such a divisive thing that she had a sword like people were so mad that she's not she's using a sword and like it's just weird the sword was more popular in the creation of the new 52 mm. like they made her a little bit more brutal yeah um but i think that was because one of the things that they wanted to do when making the new 50 version new 52 version of wonder woman was going back to the roots of like you know the gods and Mm -hmm. the brutality of it all and you know being trained by she's an amazon like an amazon like they have weapons you see how brutal they are like why Mm -hmm. wouldn't she be the same uh and so I, I think it's a little silly. I think the sword is a cool concept. I think yeah. that, you know, we should still see her with a sword sometimes. Does she need it all the time? I don't think so. Uh, but it. I think there is a reason to have it, and I think there's a reason to not have it. So it it, it, it's, it can have – I think she can work with both, honestly. Yeah. That's the big thing. Yeah, I didn't really think about um... – now that I go back and think about Wonder Woman 1, the first movie, uh, Patty Jenkins purposely had the sword destroyed so she didn't have to use it going forward. Mm-hmm. So I never really thought about that because the second movie doesn't have it at all, which I was like kind of lame, but you know, it's what it is. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on to viewer questions, ladies and gentlemen. We have a few. We don't have any in the Discord, um, although I did ask everybody and nobody's telling me nothing um all right we got some on youtube first up we have jason todd hot take the injustice storyline would have been much better if it was batman that became the dictator instead of superman since how he'd take over the world would be interesting how bat family would react and make fans question who is in the right more thoughts um i don't know i don't know if i agree with that i don't think it i I think it would be interesting in the fact of like just seeing another one of his plans being put into action. Yeah. But I think the whole thing with injustice is out of the two, you would expect Batman to have a plan in case anything like that were to ever happen. Mm -hmm. Superman is the boy scout, the symbol of peace and hope. Like that was, that's what is so jarring about injustice is that he's the one that, you know became evil yeah yeah i don't know i feel like 
the Batman storyline's too easy to tell. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's not as interesting. But I mean, um, it would have been interesting to see how the Bat Family reacts. But you know, the Bat Family reacts to a lot of things. So I don't think you need injustice for that. Um, we got Tiny Beauty. If you were in charge, of, uh, if you were in charge, what changes would you make to Gunn's current DCU plans? Uh, I wouldn't have had to do that video. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but right now, I, oh, the only thing I would change is to say who's coming back from the old universe. Only thing. Everything else, don't care. I, I think so. Uh, currently, with the slate of 10 shows and movies, uh, I think they're solid. I think that uh, they will have a diverse genre to them all uh because we don't know anything outside of those 10 and we had heard from gun himself that those 10 projects were less than half of the first chapter of the dcu which juice had said oh if that's less than half then i'm expecting no more than 25 projects yeah uh which i still think is insane for you know one whole chapter of a film franchise but i think you have to let the people know, hey, these people are coming back. Yeah. But would you tell them in what capacity at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I would just, you know, rip the bandaid off and be like, hey, they're coming back as these characters. And, you know, we're recasting some other ones. That's it. Like, like if if gal was not wonder woman but she was coming back would you go ahead and tell the world hey gal isn't going to be wonder woman but she is going to be this character no i wouldn't do that at all uh if they're not coming back as their characters they're not coming back okay i don't see that point like i wouldn't recast ben affleck or henry cavill in something that they're not batman or superman like i think that's just a bad move like that was that was the implication that a lot of people got from what gun had said though Mm-hmm. is that people were going to be coming back in different roles. I think that would be dumb. I mean, if he did do that, um, like, why why would you waste, like, Margot Robbie as somebody else that's not Harley Quinn when she's already shown that, unfortunately, you can't say she's a... She is technically a box office draw, but Harley Quinn has yet to do that, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I mean, she is the best part of the original Suicide Squad film. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I, I wouldn't recast anybody. I think that's dumb. The only person I think that's going to get recast in the DCU is going to be, um, Jason Momoa uh, to be Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'll be, you know, uh, what's his face? Oh, Lobo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think he's the only one that's going to get recast. I think everybody else is going to be either themselves or nobody. So we'll see what happens. But I, I just think it would be a miss to to recast Gagada, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, we have Eduardo de la Cruz with a little skit going on here. He's like, what's up, bitches? Uh, you got Clay saying Harley Quinn. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, I told you to stay in the basement. Fine. I was having some interesting talks with Ollie anyways, and I got to ask you, nerds, who would win? Uh, Jason Todd versus Jason Voorhees. Lobo versus Deadpool. Uh, Keaton Vulture versus Keaton Batman. Keaton Batman's kicking Vulture's ass. Yeah, I think I think Keaton Keaton Batman, especially from the yeah. Flash, Keaton Batman, yeah, uh, is kicking the ass of Vulture. Um, Jason Todd versus Voorhees. Uh, you have been playing a lot of uh, Friday, of course, before uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came yeah. out. 
which I've seen you've been having some problems with that game recently. Yeah, the XP thing. So me and Flores, uh, which is a friend I play with, um, constantly, we play it every night pretty much because it's a good game. But I don't know if it's a screen that's fucking up or if it's an actual thing. So on the screen, and I posted this on Twitter for anybody that follows me, it says like you'll hit like a certain level, like, oh, you hit level 20. And then the moment you go to the next match, it cu- kicks you back like two levels or like a level. And I'm like, what the hell am I losing XP? But if you pay attention to your on your main screen menu, you're still getting your points. So I think it's like a menu fuck up that they need to fix. And it's just saying that I have way more uh, stuff than I do. But I've also had times where it says I get no XP and I just like had a badass game. And I'm like, what the hell? So yeah, there's some some definitely some bugs going on with it. As for Jason Todd versus Jason Voorhees, so here's the thing. According to the lore, at least in the game, I'm not an, a Jason expert. You can kill Jason. If we're just going by the game, uh, you need to take his mom's sweater, but also be a female to distract him, and then you and only um, Tommy can kill Jason. So. Um, I don't think Jason Todd would be able to technically pull it off because he's one, not female and two, not this guy, Tommy. Um, But if you take away the Tommy thing and it just needs to be a girl and Jason, he's going to still need somebody. So he's already at a disadvantage. Yeah. And like, I mean, Jason's went to space and shit. So like, completely forgot. you know what I mean? (laughs) Like he's been burned alive, all this other kind of shit. I I think Todd probably dies, to be honest. Because here's the thing. I don't think Jason Todd's smart enough to figure out how to kill Jason. I I don't think so either. I think he is just the... Uh, he is the dummy brute in the movie that's just like, oh, I can take him. Yeah. Uh, that's who Jason Todd is going to be. He's Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. It's what he is. I mean, I don't know. They always make him red. They're always red. The brutes are always <laughs> red. But um, yeah, he's not. Nobody's ever been like he's the smart one in the group. You know what I mean? He's yeah. always just the hothead. Um, so I, I would go Jason Voorhees there. Lobo versus Deadpool. It's regeneration versus regeneration, isn't it? Yeah. So I think Lobo is more brutal, but I could see Deadpool just getting under his skin. Yeah, I. This is this is the odd thing because they're both a little wacky. Yeah. Um they they have definitely gotten out of hand a couple times in their own comics. Uh but I think that Deadpool is definitely the more like I guess like you said getting under somebody's skin. Yeah. Uh I think to the point where Lobo would just say fuck it and he would kill himself. Yeah. Um, probably probably. I do think uh, people would probably come to the aid of Deadpool eventually because mm-hmm. um, he does kind of have friends that don't want to admit that they're his friends. Yeah. Um, but one-on-one, yeah, I don't know. I could see Lobo just getting annoyed and either walking away or, yeah, killing himself uh, if it had to be to the death. But uh, anyways, going on from that one, we have Alexis Barretta. What trilogy would you rather have? Part one, Clock King. Part two, Polka Dot Man. Part three, The Designer. Uh, side villains, Ratcatcher, Man Bat. Uh, option B, 
Uh, part one, Killer Moth. Part two, Maxi Zeus. Part three, Hush. Side villains, Lockup and Croc. You almost had me with B mm-hmm. until you put Maxi Zeus in there. Um, let's see. I mean, but like Ratcatcher isn't that great, in my opinion. I mean, I like the one James Gunn made up, but mm-hmm. Ratcatcher, the comic book person, I don't. Also, I don't give a fuck about Polka Dot Man either. Like James Gunn made both of those characters pretty interesting, and yeah. like you know, other and, than and that, that's the thing though, like. Polka Dot Man and Suicide Squad, I think, is gold. Like, is mm-hmm. is actual like gold. Yeah. But if you put that same Polka Dot Man in a Batman movie, mm-hmm. I don't see how it works. Yeah. Like, I no. honestly see that as like an entertaining, like, hey, this is the main antagonist of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder now that the things got reset, if Gunn will bring them back at some point, or if they can come back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? um because a lot of people really liked him so or you know what you could still tell his story like he got smashed right yeah but he survived with one of his polka dots and he comes out of it or something like that some (laughs) bullshit um i think maxi zeus works if he's like played by like john cena or somebody Oh you know he what I mean? Can. He's already peacemaker. Well, no, I mean I'm assuming that this isn't in the DCU. I think it's just okay, trilogy okay, versus okay. trilogy. Yeah, I think Maxi Zeus played by like a John Cena or just like a big hulking guy like that. That's like comedic because Maxi Zeus is depending on which version you're getting of him can be very silly. You know he he got back in he, he got back he he got into the acting game a little bit. Uh, his show unfortunately got canceled. Maxi Zeus played by the big show. Wow. Um, you wouldn't have the God body. You would just have like big height. <laughs> so uh, he would be a massive man. That would be interesting. But I think Killer Moth, Hush, Lockup, and Croc, those are just solid characters. Those are really solid picks. Yeah. I think Maxi Zeus is the comedic relief. Um, so... Because, like, you have Maxi Zeus and maybe, like, Lockup is his henchman or Croc is his henchman or something like that. Um, since he would have to carry a movie. But you got to think, you're really going to do a movie about Polka Dot Man? You know what I mean? Like That's, that, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's that's what I said. So I, I think that, I think I have to go with option B. Yeah, yeah. Because Maxi Zeus is only the questionable one there. I have two questionable ones on the other. If you would have gave me Man Bat in replace of Polka Dot Man, I'd probably go with that. Because I can see Man Bat being the main movie. So, yeah, I don't know. So, I'll go option B. Uh, We got Moncray. How much do you think having Ayers Suicide Squad 2006 uh, official soundtrack for every movie would have helped the DCU? I remember I was so hyped to see Suicide Squad because of the hit songs by 21 Pilot, Imagine Dragons, etc. I think it's a tool to super un- a tool that is super underutilized to get audiences in seats. I would fucking hate it. This I there is a double-edged sword mm-hmm. with original soundtracks, um, especially in the capacity that is used for, of course, the 2006 Suicide Squad, and even that of uh james gunn's guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. i think one of the staples of the guardians of the galaxy trilogy is the soundtrack everybody yeah. is always hyped when mm-hmm. the soundtrack was released that was like the big thing um 
but then it gets to the point where you're more excited about the soundtrack than you are about the movie. Yeah. And I don't think that is a good idea at all. The difference is, and this kind of, this is what people need to realize just when you're making content in general. If you build a certain aspect into the movie, it makes it better. The soundtrack was a part of the movie. It was Quill's Walkman from his mom. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a huge part of the movie. And I think that's why people were excited about it. Suicide Squad got that, you know, soundtrack because they did a trailer with a popular song and fucking changed the whole fucking movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Maybe Air will say differently, but I just don't think it's the same kind of effect. Although it did have a lot of hit songs. But I think it's also because the actors were in some of those videos. Yeah. And people were like, oh, shit, the Joker's in, you know, I don't know. I don't know who that guy was, but like Rick Ross or some shit like that uh, was in that video. That's crazy. Um, you know, it's it, I don't know. In everything, it's it's not good. It's like uh, we had a discussion a few weeks ago um, when you have like sex and nudity and stuff in movies. It's cool if it's part of the story and done right. Yeah, but if you're just throwing, yeah. yeah, if you're just throwing boobs out there for no reason, or like how anime always has fan service, but it's the stupidest fan service. I tripped. Oh, oh, your shirt fell off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, come on, make it believable. Um, and I think having a crazy soundtrack like this, eventually you'd run out of good songs. You know what I mean? Because I know yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, there's so much music, it would be infinite. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Because not every song goes with every scene. Like. We watched the Mario movie, and they fucking had ACDC when he's running the fucking course. Yeah, there was there was some that just didn't fit very well with that yeah. one. Um, and, and Mario it, has an iconic it, soundtrack. And it takes you out. Like, yes, that, that was the big thing, is that Mario Kart and Mario, uh, the, the actual series, both have really great soundtracks, and they just did not have any of that in the movie. Yeah. For, for the DCU... Or the DCU to make it, uh, you know, pop a little bit more. Look at Black Adam. Mm-hmm. It had freaking what was it? Thunderstruck or Paint It Black? Which one Paint was it Black? It, it might have had Black. both, to be honest. When it when it opened when, Paint it Black. When Paint It Black came on, I had the biggest eye roll, mm-hmm. and I hated the movie from then on. Like yeah. it was so stupid in my mind. There's. But at the same time, when you look at Shazam with I Need a Hero, which is Mm -hmm. quite possibly one of the cheapest songs that you can purchase for a movie because it's everywhere on television and movies, that in Shazam played well because it played with a joke that Shazam made. Mm -hmm. That one was was good. So you have to pick and choose, but I don't think that relying on a soundtrack to make your movie better is a good idea. Here's the thing. I think we are in the age now. Granted, it doesn't happen for everybody, but I feel like we're in the era now where a lot of directors grew up on AVMs or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, anime music videos. And you had all of the painted blacks and everything like that for those videos and they look great for those videos because you're taking literally the best parts of shows and making an epic trailer for it. I yeah. mean, Anime Expo has like an AMV contest. So like they have people do their own shit, which I think is really cool. Um, 
but yeah, Black Adam, you take all the best parts of that movie and put it to paint it black. I bet it looks great. As an intro, I wasn't that great. So yeah, like, no. um, yeah, I just don't think uh, it, it has to fit. And I, I don't agree with the idea that if, if the DCU would have done that, because I do think they, they tried in some movies. I don't think it would be great because I think BVS is better with its current music. I mean, it was Hans Zimmer. Like, yeah, everybody loves that soundtrack, too. So I think you should need good music. Good. And honestly, looking back at a lot of the movies, uh, it wasn't until the more recent side of the DCU yeah. where they had the actual needle drops. Mm-hmm. When you look at BVS, you look at Man of Steel, you look at uh, Wonder Woman, they don't have the needle drops mm-hmm. uh, nearly as much or at all. I think the the first one to have like a big needle drop was Aquaman with that uh, Pitbull song when they're oh, coming out yeah. of the water. Like mm-hmm. I heard a lot of people hated that part. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I, I definitely don't agree with it. But I hear a lot of people talking shit about Wonder Woman soundtrack now. They're like, oh, I just can't stand this song anymore. Um, I'm gonna say that happened because of Zack Snyder. Like 100, his movie did that. Because it was horrible uh, for that. Um, but everybody loved it the first time it came out. And even in her movie, loved it. Yeah. And like, but if you watch the Snyder Cut, oh my God, I fucking that, hate that song. That song that plays when she enters yeah. with, oh, yeah. with the tribal yelling yeah, and everything. It, it happened too many times. It happened it every was- time she was on the screen. <laughs> it was horrible. I don't know how he thought that was a good idea. Anyways, moving on to Nathan, who says, where do you think DC needs to focus on quality the most right now? TV, games, comics, animation. Uh, Well, I mean, oh, they didn't even say movies. Interesting. Yeah, they just um, said TV, games, comics, and animation. I think I think movies is implied. Um, no, and I, think- I, I, I don't want to I don't want to imply that here. OK, let's okay. take it for what it is, because. We're kind of going through a revamp from that anyway, so I think they are focusing on that. Um, but some some have said the animations haven't been great lately, so that could be something. Me, personally, I'm going comics, personally. I, I'm partially going to agree. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Clay. I mean, in the re- is pretty bad. In, in the replies to this, Clay says they got their uh, their head out their ass with games. I'm getting impatient. It's been I... one bad game. <laughs> like, and he, and here's the thing, Clay. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that you are going to have to be patient mm-hmm. because we had said a couple weeks ago that in order for people to enjoy a game, it needs to be made properly which yeah. means it's going to take some time, especially with this uh, new generation type of gaming uh, that they that they have been making. Uh, I mean, look at GTA six. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. Did you, did you see Gamescom? Yeah, dude, I'm getting really, t- I need it. What I need on these award shows now is I need a big dude to be there to choke slam these fuckers that get on the stages. They need better security. Yeah. Yeah. Like for this to happen freaking three times in a row is yeah. insane. They need a higher stage. <laughs> oh yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? Or the stages have to be like, you know, when you went to school and the the, the stairs were on the side 
They need that. So, so you can have just guards there. For yeah, they have to, to go get all around. around. They need to stop this fancy. Well, you know what? The best date ever was when the Oscars had the orchestra in the pit. And, oh, yeah. like, you know, and then the stage was very high. That's the perfect stage. And then put sharks in the pit. So if somebody tries to jump over, <laughs> oh, they die. Shit. Um, but anyways, um, I think before Nightmares or, the you know, the current event, mm-hmm. comics are kind of boring. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a lot going on. We've been complaining about Batman for over a year now. Yeah. Catwoman, too. Mm. Nightwing is kind of it's hit or miss. But I'd have to go comics because I I think it's time for a change, man. I think we need to do what we've been talking about for a while and go down the graphic novel route or go down like, hey, you're getting six issues at a time or, or and really do the do like the Shonen Jump thing, man, because I will I've read so many mangas in the last two weeks. I've caught up on um, on Chainsaw Man. I've read 140 issues. So just like that. Now, okay, so did you, because I saw in, I don't know if it was the comics channel or the movies channel, mm-hmm. you were wanting to get into Jujutsu Kaisen. Was that the show or the manga? The show. I won't read the manga. Because like here's, so I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about my rule before. No. I like to watch something before I read it. Oh, because okay. Okay. I am under the impression that they will always take things out in adaptations. So when I read the book or I read the thing, I'll be like, oh, man, that was really good. And I can appreciate both. But if I read the book first and I watch the thing and they took out a part I really liked, I'm like, man, fuck this show. Like this. Okay. Okay. What happened? I explained this on on uh, the stream one time. I was watch. I was reading um, Hunger Games, the the series. Mm -hmm. And it was right when the new movie was going to come out. I was like, I want to read the book first. And I had read half of it. I was halfway through it because it was going to come out in like a week or two. And a friend of mine was like, hey, I got ex- uh, exclusive passes to go watch it if you want to watch it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm there. So I had read half of the book. I watched half of the first part of that movie. And I was like, this movie sucks. They have not included so many things from the book. Then I didn't know what happened. And I loved the movie. And I was like, oh my God, dude, it got so intense. This was crazy. This was an amazing movie. But I hadn't read what happened in the book. So I didn't know what was happening. So like I was able to be surprised, you know what I mean? So yeah. if I could be surprised by something, it's be interesting. This will be my first test when they start doing Chainsaw Man, though, yeah. because um, the shit that's going to happen in Chainsaw Man is going to be nuts. So if they make it, like if they flesh that out into like fight scenes and stuff, God, it's going to be crazy. Um, I will say My Hero Academia has been pretty freaking accurate yeah um, spy family is like panel to panel yeah which is nuts uh they just don't do the the manga does include like bonus stories that are mm-hmm. not in the show yeah um you know i don't i know we have some anime fans i watch i'm four or five episodes into Jujutsu kaisen and i'm like when does it get good god damn yeah so here's the thing here's the thing uh the thing about Jujutsu kaisen I will say I want the main character's outfit. I love the school outfit with the red hood. Um, it looks really cool. And I'm like, I would wear something like that. I think the fashion is really cool in Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, the main character's OP from like day one. And I fucking hate that. Yeah. So I'm just like, dude, if you have you seen it all at all? 
I've I've read the first four chapters of Jujutsu Kaisen, and okay. then I saw how many uh, I had to read, and I was like, I'm putting this on the back burner. For yeah, me. it's like 200 and something, and I'm just yeah. like, holy shit. I was like, I didn't know it's been out that long. But the anime, which I don't think it even looks as good as like a Demon Slayer. Like, because people are like, oh, my God, the fights in anime. Like, it's so good. I, Maybe I, think, I haven't got to the good fight yet. I, don't I know. think it's a little bit washed. And, and I think it's a little bit more old school yeah. when it comes to the animation yeah. as far as, like, the colors. Whereas mm. something like a Demon Slayer, they make those colors. Pop. Yeah. Um, I Maybe I just haven't got to the really good part. Because they, mm. they did introduce the, like, the um, Tsunade type of character. You know, the female character. And she's kind of like, oh, yeah, I do shit my way. Uh, she was cool. She was the first thing that I was like, oh, you sparked my interest there. Um, but the main character, like from day one, they just rush it. Like, I'm like, he's modern day Naruto without the cool story <laughs> so yeah. far. But I'm only four episodes in, so I'm not going to hardcore judge it. But I'm just like, all right, when am I just like, this is fucking awesome? Because Demon Slayer, like that. Fucking Chainsaw Man, like that. I was like, oh, okay. I'm four episodes in, and I'm like, all right when when does it get like oh my god you know but it's also a 24 episode season for season one i'm just like oh god you know <laughs> i'm like damn so we'll see but i'm not i i will make a fair judgment after 10 episodes if i'm still like after 10 episodes i'm like when does it get good then then i'll be probably i am somebody it. i won't drop it i'll probably finish the first season um because i am somebody that likes to give at least a season to an anime because i think it does take time to build I'm, yeah. I'm old school, you know, Dragon Ball Z. We went through so much fillers. Like, you just know you got to keep watching. But um, I'm not going to watch everything if I don't like it after the first season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe I just haven't got to the good part. Maybe I haven't just got to the good part. So I'm, I'm going to understand that. But after four episodes, I'm still like, it's okay. Anyways, moving on from that, we got the last one from Clay. Which canceled DC game would have been the most influential slash well, most well-received? Lobo 1996, The Dark Knight 2007, Superman Blue Steel 2008, Gotham by Gaslight 2009, The Flash 2009. Gotham by Gaslight. Hands down, I think. I think Gotham by Gaslight would have been a really epic game. Um, I have seen footage of the Flash video game uh, mm -hmm. that would have come out. Um, I think that the concept is really fun but I think it would have been still a little linear for that time. Mm. Um, there was only so much you can do and it felt and looked a lot like Superman. Uh, was it Superman 64 uh, oh, wow. for the Nintendo 64, which is like almost named like the worst video game in existence. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked a lot like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think in today's like, uh un unreal engine type of flash video game mm. would be really fun uh but back then yeah nah but here's the thing i'll ask clay how do you fight as the flash i don't know yeah because uh, because i know where you're getting at yeah like, you you have to be at super speed um like and even when it comes to superman like how do you fight as Superman against mm -hmm. normal people, like are you just gonna blow their heads off with one punch and stuff like that? Yeah. You have to make it like, of course, non realistic because it's comic books, but you only can go so far until it gets really stupid, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think the same thing goes for the Flash. You you can only do so much. You 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 fight at super speed. 
you can like how do you generate the whole idea of like vibrating through walls yeah running on 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 walls as well like i think there's too much that the flash can do mm-hmm. to legitimately make a video game about him yeah because are you gonna have to go into slow mode to fight everybody you know what i mean like like you know what i mean like that's cool for max pain and stuff like that but you can also fight in regular speed yeah because like what are you gonna do just run through everybody and hit them like I, that's the one thing i feel like they're like how do we make that work guys like well i think it would be more so like a max pain or red dead redemption where you're just mm-hmm. like oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna like make this person hit this person and like yeah. you, you start having fun with it if you can but mm. if you want to just go all crazy and fight them all in real time you can yeah you definitely couldn't do what they did in the flash movie um because right. he yeah. knew that like if you move them far enough they die yeah um so like yeah it'd be pretty cool. unless they want to do that to where like if you go and you grab somebody and you move them away and like you go back to normal speed they throw up they're like like every time (laughs) yeah i just don't know how you make that work i i think you can make superman work more than the flash because you could just have like aliens invading and or like people with super powered um you know weapons and stuff like that and so you can probably hit them you wouldn't assume it's full power obviously because it's superman but you could probably punch them and they could go flying or maybe they're weighted down or i don't know i think it's more believable that you can make that happen the flash is a lot harder because i don't expect the flash to really be hitting hard uh he's doing more like quick in and out kind of things he's destroying things real quickly like you don't see him so that would be a lot harder to do um but yeah, and then a Lobo in 1996, I just, I mean, it's 1996. Like, there's only very much you can do. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Bat- Batman Gotham by Gaslight. By 2009, we already had one of the Arkham games, right? So Yes. So, I mean, give me that. Like, yeah, that would have been a, a hit. Um, but I believe that is it for all of the questions we got, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are going to comics now, which we do have quite a few. But I will say, although we had a few... I only cared about like three of them. Oh, I went to the Shonen Jump app. <laughs> Wrong <laughs> app. Muscle um, memory. God damn it. Yeah, for real. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and start with a series that I've been sour on for the last two or three issues. I don't know what you thought about it. I already it, but know yeah. which one you're gonna pick. So Dark Knights of Steel. So how did you feel about this book? And this is the ending. So uh start off with did um tom taylor stick the landing i think he stuck the landing to a point um there was in my mind an unnecessary death in this issue um but for the idea for it to be the game of thrones of dc you kind of have to have those deaths for the shock and awe value and then of course to move the story further um this one uh i did like you know with us very early on in the, in this series we brainstormed about the idea of the other kingdoms the other mm. realms and all of that they did put a tease to that here talking about the uh uh the water kingdom or the mm. aqua kingdom, whatever it was called. Uh, oh, the Lord of the seas, the sky realm, uh, the frozen isles. Like 
that's cool i want more of that yeah but overall i think the like the last fight was a little eye-rolling because you're just like oh you know uh since all of these people are basically gods, including Bruce, mm-hmm. uh, they literally set them on fire to fight the White Martians. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, this is kind of boring. Yeah, my thing, which I called this like two or three you know, issues ago, I hate that they're all friends. We see yeah. that all the time. I mean, they're literally called the super friends in some of the comics that we, we've read before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just to spoil it really quickly, they formed the Justice League at the end. Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't need this right now. This could have been season four. Yeah. Th- I think this was the biggest hiccup that Tom yeah. Taylor did. Um, because I do agree with you. Uh, you can't pitch the Game of Thrones of DC and make everything hunky-dory at the very first season of your yeah. of your series. Like, it it doesn't it doesn't excite me for what's to come because yeah. you you now have this team of gods that's gonna face down whatever you know yeah. and yeah you have Lois and Harley Quinn and Constantine like making big plans for you know possible threats and whatnot mm-hmm. and then there's the secret of uh, we learned it in the last issue Amanda Waller who is still you know wanting to be the ruler of this kingdom yeah. Um, you know, she's the one that ends up killing Alfred in here, uh, a Martian Manhunter. Yeah. And she blames it on Deadshot, kills him, mm-hmm. and fools Bruce. Like, that, okay, you know, you can have that kind of stuff. Yeah. But sh- she's going to have to face the Justice League already, like, if, yeah. if any of that conflict comes to pass within the next series. Yeah. Like, it doesn't believe, like, you can't convince me that she is going to be able to face this justice league with ease. Yeah. You know, they, they did eight seasons of game of Thrones in one 12 issue series. Yeah. And it's really annoying. Um, Cause like, I want, I wanted like more spice, more drama. Like I want Lois Lane fucking Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? Where we see here, Superman's like, Oh, he's all infatuated with her. Like, I want to see some betrayal and stuff like that. Like, but, I I almost got excited. There's a moment where Wonder Woman is like, which one of you killed my mother? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, ooh, like, what's going to happen here? And she's like, your name is going to be remembered forever. You're going to mm-hmm. be a cautionary tale to my people. And yeah. then she cuts off the head. And it's super fast. And it's just like, that wasn't really satisfying. Yeah. And then she goes to the main guy. And she's like, you, nobody's going to remember you. And, you know, they die. Yeah. And, like, I just... I, I got sour on this because, again, this series, I was sour on issue one, and then they brought me back. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, this series is actually really good. And then, shapeshifters, look at that. They're all the Martians. And I was like, lame, because now everybody's going to be on the good side. Like, it would have been better if, like, the ca- like the elves were on the side of the Martians. They're like, they helped us get here. You know or, I mean? or even like if you wanted to keep it as the Martians, cool. Don't make that revelation until your third series. Yeah. Or your fourth series. Then you're like, oh shit. And don't I don't would be, agree with that. Yeah. Don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong. We probably would have guessed it. 
I think mm-hmm. one of our guesses was the White Martians, but yeah. don't show us right away because yeah. then we're just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, where do we I, go from here? I think I can agree with that. Um, I, I probably would have been more open to it had it been like three seasons later because you still have the tension yeah. of like, is Clark really evil or is Mark or, or uh, 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 Laura L mm-hmm. still evil? Is you know there's the sister the daughter still evil like you have no idea who is who and what is what and what is going on like yeah if if you still have that there's still a whole lot of confusion there is still a lot of fighting there's still a lot of arguing within the l family i think that pushes your story yeah and then you have the revelation of the white martians at the end of the third season and you're like oh shit it was them all along yeah and you'd also have the option to play around with like was it really the martians the whole time exactly you know what i mean like or was superman actually doing the bad things you know what i mean uh because you could have done that right so that's like season three or season four they reveal the white martians but then um you know then you have batman being like the next season you have him like we found out that it was the white martians and then somebody's like no it wasn't I saw this man on fire and then you're yeah. just like, Oh shit. It was Superman. Cause he can survive fire. Yeah. That would have been such a better story, but here hunky dory in 12 issues, we, we formed the justice league. I don't want to see good guys fight villains again. Like that's the reason why I like this story is because I'm like, yes, they're going to fucking fight each other in medieval times. And now they're fucking all friends again. It's like yeah. lame. Um, so yeah, I've been sour on this story for the last three issues, so I, I didn't expect to like it coming into this, and I kind of assumed all of this was going to happen. Uh, I saw CBR, which is in some drama right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. They, um, they were like, why Dark Knights of Steel needs a, a sequel immediately? And I didn't even bother reading the article. But, you know, it is a very CBR article. And then, you know, for anybody that doesn't know what's going on with CBR, we constantly talk about how they are the normie. uh, They're the general audience view of comics and knowledge. Um, But one of their editors or writers or somebody that was working for them had access to their Twitter account or something like that and uh, made it reveal that all of the editors and stuff are getting fired for AI. Um, So pretty crazy uh, stuff going on over there. But... Uh, that was wild. But anyways, Dark Knight Steel um, could have been so much better. But I mean, how many times have we read a series and said that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Moving on from that, let's go to the Brave and the Bold. Now, still no Tom King Joker story. Uh, it was supposed to be in this book, but it got pushed to even the next issue. So I think issue five is where we'll finally get the conclusion. Or maybe not even. I don't know. Is it supposed to be four issues or three issues? I think it's four, so it will be the conclusion. Okay. Because this is four and... Oh, so it wasn't in four and it wasn't in five. So, yeah, it'll be in six now. Um, So, yeah, the conclusion will be the next issue. This one had two Batman stories. One by the writers of um, Neo-Gotham, which we'll be reviewing later, uh, which is Collins and... I always forget the other guy's name. Jackson. Uh, Collins and Jackson. So, yeah. yeah, uh, Wait, hold on. It's Colin Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. It's the very first story called Into the Abyss or Enter the Abyss. Wow. I should have actually paid attention to this now that I think about it. 
because it ends with to be continued in Batman Beyond Neo Gotham number one. Yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't read this story, y'all. Because here's the thing. It's not that I didn't find it interesting. Is It has this very distinct Batman gothic style of art. I like it, but I usually have to be in the mood to read a Batman gothic style video or a, a comic book. It was like two in the morning when I was reading this. And I was like, I'm just not really feeling it. So I read like half and I skipped to the end story. And the end story um, is a different story by Burr. What's her name? I know it's a female writer that's writing on something. Megan Fitzmartin. Oh, okay. Different. Maybe. Oh, I think it's the artist. That's probably different because I saw her pimping it out today. But great art in the last story. But anyways, so if you read the first story, what happens in the first story? So the first story, uh, Batman is dealing with some very supernatural things. Uh, we find out that there is an individual that was uh, basically birthed before time existed. Uh, and she uh, she explains it to where, like, uh, she says right here i was born before time in a place that knew no light i was not of your kind and the realm that birthed me was both my mother and my father i was the darkness and it was me i belong to it the dark garden um and this dark garden is uh or the beings within the dark garden it's very kind of confusing uh mm -hmm. but people in gotham are disappearing mm -hmm. um and they are being absorbed by shadows. Uh, and this individual is following Batman and basically saying, hey, you're going to die if you keep going forward. Like, don't, you know, I'm trying to save your life. Uh, and he's like, I can't. I need to save these people. One of those people is uh, the uh, brother of uh, uh, Blue Jay. Oh. Or Bluebird. I can't remember. We we, we always uh, forget the blue it I think Blue Jay is the better name. Yes. But it's Bluebird. It's uh Colin Rowe. Uh so uh her brother is uh captured mm -hmm. by uh this shadow and Batman goes to this well and it basically starts to consume him, starts to take him. Uh this, you know other realm being helps him out and they safely get away but it is you know it's basically one of those like badass moments where like batman's like oh you think that i'm a you think i'm scared of the dark i was mm -hmm. born in it type of thing you know the whole bane thing yeah uh he does have this moment where he is wearing a uh super translucent uh cape and cowl yeah it yeah. looks pretty cool in, in one panel, but I think it's a little impractical. Uh, but yeah. he says that it's lined with uh, uh, phosphorant threading and kinetic charged UV micro lamps um, in his cape and cowl. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty intense, pretty crazy. Uh, but he is able to save the people from uh, this realm. Yeah. And... Uh, it says like like you said to be continued batman beyond neo-gothic number one yeah we've already read neo-gothic number one yeah so my thing is we know that in neo-gothic and we will be uh talking about issue number is it two that two. we're talking about today yeah um 
we know that Terry has gone to the underground. The thing with this is that this dark garden or whatever is deep underground. So I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a connection soon. Um, yeah. The story. Yeah. So um, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I did. Like I said, I, I like this style of art, but it's just when people start talking and the like, oh, yeah, the mythics and all that kind of stuff, I'm just like, I have to be in the right mood for it. It's kind of like reading a, you know, Greek mythology Wonder Woman book. I just have yeah. to be into it. And uh, I don't know what it is lately. I don't know if manga's poisoning my brain, but hearing villains monologue or not. I mean, she wasn't technically a villain, but like somebody that's not the main character. I just don't fucking care. I like I, I don't care what you're thinking. Like you're, this isn't your book. It's Batman's book. I only want to hear what Batman's thinking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I don't know why that is lately. I just haven't cared to um you know to read a bunch of monologues. And to be honest, I think mono are like inner thoughts are getting out of hand. Um, there's a lot of them in Tom King's new book that we're gonna talk about later. So much of it. It pushes the story forward, but ah, there's a lot. Uh, Anyways, so let's jump to this final uh, story at the end of the book, which is all in black and white. And it's like a cool little story. And it's about Batman. And unfortunately, I feel like this has happened a lot lately where Batman sees his childhood self and he has to talk to them. I don't know why this is a big thing. Like, I just feel like this has happened a lot. It definitely just happened in Nightmares. Um, but Batman is fighting Bane and Hush. They're together. There was a cool line of like, oh man, I'm fighting Bane, the man that broke my back, and Hush, the man that broke my mind. I thought that yeah. was kind of cool. And he's fighting, and he's like, this is going to be my last like fight. Like It's over. This is where I die. And Batman's trying to fight everybody, all the goons and whatnot. He's trying to fight Bane and everybody. And he's dying, and there's this cool moment where it's showing like his heartbeat is starting to fade. Like, so he's going to die. And then he sees himself, his young self. And he's like, hey, um, like, I need help. My parents aren't moving. Like, I tried to wake them up and they're not moving. And it's Batman back in Crime Alley because they're fighting in Crime Alley. So yeah. he's like, am I going to die where my parents did? You know, like this area has caused me so much pain. And so he's talking to himself. And what we could assume is the like in-between world. And... He's seeing his parents and he's all like, they won't wake up. You got to help them. He's like, look, it's not your fault. For the longest time, I thought this was my fault. I blame myself for not being able to do anything. I wasn't strong enough. And you constantly see his heartbeat fading. It's going from like 30 to 29. to It's pretty cool throughout the panels. And then right when he's about to die and the candle is about to burn out from little Bruce, he's like, it's not your fault. And he hands him like a rose and whatnot. And um, he was like, but my parents death like they sent me something they sent me a new family yeah and there's this panel of all of the bat family standing around batman and they're like you're done like you're not gonna beat us like you know we fight as a team you have hired goons and so uh that's kind of like this moment where batman gets back up and they're like batman you all right we thought you were dead and everybody's all like i didn't or like oh yeah you know everybody's kind of talking shit you know kind of what yeah. they do <laughs> and then he's like he basically ends like oh yeah this is this is my family and it's the whole Bat family. So it's like a nice little story. Um, but it was cool because, you know, Batman was near death, you know, when he talked to himself. And he's like, oh, this is what I'm fighting for. And like, I can't die here because I can't afford my family to die. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
And so that was a cool, a cool little story. Um, it wasn't anything like, oh my god, crazy. I thought there was some solid lines in it. I like the break my back, break my mind kind of thing. Um, because it puts more emphasis on Hush, you know, to how how good he was when he showed up. But uh, yeah, it's a nice little story. I'm not too sure what you thought about it. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, there was another story that I went ahead and, and read just because it did have to deal with the character that we have been seeing a lot of in the movies was Harcourt. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Apparently, she is now a super being individual thanks to Amanda Waller. Um, uh, there is a new thing called uh, Lazarus Energy. Oh, God. Uh, that was put into the Lazarus pit. Um, and now Harcourt has come out of the Lazarus pit after being murdered uh, and has come back as a super powered individual. So uh, thought that was a little odd, but Amanda Waller is basically saying, Hey, I own you now. Yeah. Uh, but before we go on our first mission, here's the address to the person who killed you. Okay. Bye. And huh. so like, that's how the book ends. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that the, the stories in brave and the bold have been uh pretty okay they haven't been amazing um i'm i'm kind of waiting until we really read that one issue that's going to be like holy crap like this mm. is a good story um because even you know we've we've had our ups and downs with tom king's uh joker story yeah so yeah yeah i don't know um i'm just i feel like this year has been the year of like let's make everything lazarus because mm -hmm. like i've seen lazarus pills i've seen lazarus like fucking islands and like bro it, whatever happened to dionysium like bring For that real. back like that was the better version of lazarus um but i think they like the element of like lazarus makes you bad yeah so maybe that's what they're going with either way um i thought the batman beyond is it's had some good stories recently the ones in between just seem really weird like the stories in between, like the front and back, because the back story is usually a Batman story too, um, but the ones in the middle are just kind of like, oh, it is what it is. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Moving on to Detective. Now, I love the art in Detective, but this was another one of those things. It was two in the morning. I didn't care, but you said nothing happened in this book. Yeah, not a whole lot happened in this book. It was basically uh, Jim Gordon confronted that like big hulking monster Batman thing who wasn't Bruce, by the way. Oh. Um, it was some other individual that was actually a criminal and, but he's a criminal in a, in a sense that like he only did something bad for the sake of his family. Oh, okay. And uh, he wants to like clean up the city and all of this stuff because it, uh, they, you know, there was an injustice towards him. That yeah. he wanted to like, you know, kind of thrive out. Uh, Gordon tricked him, was able to defeat him, and these nightmare knights or whatever they're called uh, informed Gordon that okay, you were uh, somebody who got a wish. This person was the guy that got a wish. Th this other woman that was vomiting diamonds had a wish, but there was mm -hmm. one other person that didn't really ask for much except for knowledge mm -hmm. and uh he knew immediately uh but his word like he was like i think i know who it is i hope it's not so i'm just gonna go over there and he goes to the clock tower and barbara gordon is literally in half yeah. uh just like him she is cracking um and 
what it basically comes down to is she gets pissed off at these nightmare nights of like them torturing uh both gordon and her Mm -hmm. uh just kind of like lingering and whatnot and uh she found this uh this stopwatch or this clock and it says uh she found it on the dark web this interdimensional uh artifact that grants wishes uh uh and gives gifts Mm -hmm. uh and this is implemented because at the end of the book, when we are finally in the real world, it is implied that somebody finds this clock in the actual real world, not just in the nightmare. Uh, but uh, they tell Gordon, oh, I think it's time that we stop torturing you these nightmare nights. It's time mm-hmm. to wake up. And he's very confused by this. He wakes up. He has a very hard time like realizing that it's real life. He is... Uh, very tiptoeish around his house because he's afraid he's going to break. Um, but it he's, it says it takes him several hours before he is finally like okay with being like the idea that he is no longer in this nightmare world. Yeah, uh, Barbara doesn't answer her phone, and he's like, "Oh well, it's probably because it's the middle of the night." And the last page is when we see some random individual find this. Uh, interdimensional clock so i guess it has to do with some sort of story that uh solid uh is it who was it that is uh writing the uh detective that we haven't been is it uh ram v ram v yeah i was about to say saladin ahmed no yeah. uh he's over at uh at marvel uh no but ram v is apparently going to be doing something with this uh interdimensional clock i'm guessing which is crazy because he didn't write this story yeah so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was really enjoying the art. I love the design of the dark, like the nightmare nights. Like yeah. those look really cool. They look straight out of Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really enjoy that. But yeah, I don't really, uh, I don't know. It's the first issues of a lot of these nightmare stories hit really hard. The second stories haven't been so great. Yeah. Um, now, moving on to Dawn of, uh, the, you know, the Dawn of the DC, the nightmare book. Um, this one, we finally get the ending quote unquote, I guess. I mean, are there more books coming out? I think there's one more night terrors book. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's called like night terrors night something. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's called night's end. Uh, we read what happened up to this book in Batman's book. Mm-hmm. And it, we finally got that, um, the storytelling here. Uh, it's revealed why insomnia is so upset. What did you think of the reveal? I felt like um, very easy. It is very easy. It's very yeah. cliche um, mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, and I think that's what disappoints me a little yeah. bit is that like this is I, I feel like recently in animation and live action uh and a lot of streaming shows this is the motivation for almost every villain yeah and i'm just like ah, you could have done better like I, I i don't know which show or which movie you watched to, that had you inspired to write this story but it just mm-hmm. didn't hit as hard as is i wanted it to be yeah i'm trying to think what was the last good motivation for a villain that you've seen um because a lot of times it 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 they want to, I, 
I've said this a million times on the podcast. I fucking hate, oh, they're trying to make him relatable. Everybody knows, like, oh, if you lose a family member, you get angry. Like, you know? I should not be relatable to a villain. Yeah. At all. Like, there's there's this idea, like, so Black Panther, Killmonger. Mm -hmm. The idea of being oppressed, racism, all of this. Yeah. You can agree to an extent, but you still know under all circumstances, what he is doing is bad. Yes. But the way that a lot of these writers are trying to write villains is like, oh, he's not bad. He's just misunderstood. Yeah. No, like, that bullshit needs to stop. Yeah. Like, like, because there's this idea that, like, oh, there aren't really any true bad guys. The mm. only true evil is, like, evil itself. Yeah. It's like, no, like we need to get back to there being pure evil individuals. Yeah. Cause like I also think it's in society, we do understand that a lot of people are troubled by mental health issues and that, you know, some people are a lot worse than others. I have bad panic attacks, but I've met people that have like crippling anxiety to where they can't even leave their house. Mm-hmm. And, um, or if they do, it has to be in very small things. And I'm like, oh, I'm not that bad. Even though mine feel like I'm going to die. Um, yeah. I can only imagine being in that state 24 hours, which I did for a whole year. Um, but like somebody's been doing that their whole life. And it's just like, holy shit. And there are just some people. There's reason why we have mental in- institutions, right? There are just some people that cannot be controlled, that, you know, cannot just grasp what's going on. Or we can't like we as a society don't know how to handle them. Right. Um, and, you know, science just isn't there. I saw something recently. I saw a video. I don't know what it was. Just a little bit off topic about like there was this really smart woman that was going to college and something. And one day she just kind of like snapped and became like super crazy. And for like 20 years, they couldn't figure out what was going on with her. They thought she was just like, like screw loose in the head one day. And it turns out she had like an imbalance or something in her blood or in her body in some way. And a guy that met her when he was like 20 years old and then went on to become like a super high guy in, you know, psychology world heard about her story again, 20 years later. He's like, she's still there. And he brought his whole team over there to study her and they found out what was wrong with her. And now she can talk like for 20 years. She was just like crazy cuckoo. And then they were like, oh, it's an imbalance and this and that. And we give her these, you know, pills or whatever. And now she talks like she's normal. And she's like, what happened? And it's like she doesn't remember. It was a fucking crazy That's ass fucking story. Insane. So like uh, it, they said it was such a big discovery that it could be like if we can just figure out what's going on in somebody's brain to correct it, we might be able to fix a lot of mental illness, which is nuts. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that was wild. But that's kind of those things, right? Like a lot of and maybe that's where the misunderstood comes from. But it's like that was 20 years. You're going to you're going to just say somebody's misunderstood for 20 years and let them do their evil, crazy stuff, you know, or yeah. hurting people like, no, and there's a reason for it. But I think I, I cheer for a good guy so much more when I know there's just a bad guy there. Right. Like everybody's met an asshole that's like, I'm better than you. And like, you know, oh, like, why do you think influencer boxing is so popular right now? Everybody wants to see Logan Paul and Jake Paul get knocked the fuck out because they're super douchebags. 
And they don't, unfortunately, and they make millions of dollars off of people that buy hoping that they're going to get knocked out. Um, But that's kind of the thing is, I I just sometimes I want to see a bad guy get punched in the face. That's all I want. I don't want to relate to them and be like, oh, man. And then that's kind of why I get annoying when a lot of villains become superheroes or antiheroes. I'm just like, lame. I was like, I want them to be bad guys. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I thought this one was kind of lame. It was a guy that really loved the Justice League. He was like fans of the Justice League. And then his his family gets crushed in a building and the Justice League weren't there to save him. And that's why he, he can't sleep anymore because of the injustice that was done to him. And I was just like, eh, okay, I guess. Yeah, I kind of saw it's a, that. It's yeah. a little boring. Yeah. Um, but how do you how would you make it better? That's what I was kind of thinking about, you know? I I don't know. Like this whole idea of like him having this power to like this realm of nightmares is already crazy enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I could connect a backstory to it. Yeah. Like I could see like the injustice of Arkham. Like I, I think that would have been a little bit more mm-hmm. um, again, stereotypical for the Arkham or Gotham villain is that yeah. there's an injustice with the society that we already know is corrupt and and fucked up already Mm -hmm. but like just to see that a patient that had a mental illness was taken care of badly and caused that i think that is a little bit more believable than like oh his family got killed and now he wants revenge like yeah like if you were to showcase how he's treated so poorly in arkham and then he's like, y'all come in here with your grants and everything. And yada, because yada. There, w- there was a little bit like the the nightmares or the dreams or the uh, memories that mm-hmm. dead man was seeing was kind of hinting at that kind of thing. Yeah. Like you saw his days at Arkham Tower. You saw him in that like AA meeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you saw that there was something clearly wrong with him. But to just get this new revelation that oh it was just his parents got killed in a horrible accident yeah it's like okay like and don't get me wrong that's terrible like it it happens mm-hmm. to a lot of people but that's another thing it, it it's an everyday occurrence type thing yeah and like for him to choose that to become like this like earth shattering dimensional supervillain. Like, yeah that's a little much yeah i think it's really hard to build like a good because here's the thing too i think a lot of people get kind of upset when you go the crazy crazy route of like oh he loves to see people get killed that's what he's into you know what i mean yeah people are like oh that's so lame or that's so grotesque or whatever you know what i mean yada yada i'm like he's a fucking villain like yeah. And so like there's this weird thing where I think people want to have that they want to see that the villain's a human that has lost their way instead of being just like somebody that likes fucked up shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I probably would have went more of that route. I think the patient thing is really cool because we do know cuz we've always said we like um like uh, the episode of Lockup, right? How the the you know Arkham inmates are like, he's a terrible guard. Like he does so many bad things to us. You know what I mean? He's like, ah, oh, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? So I kind of like that. That'd be a cool thing. Or like we've always wanted the perspective of the villains, like what they see Batman as, would be mm-hmm. kind of cool. But 
I don't know. So I could, I could definitely buy that story because I've wanted that story. But like you could have done something really crazy to where the reason why he hates the Justice League is because he's always wanted to see the the aftermath or he's always wanted to see the chaos and they always stop it. Like he's like, I wanted that building to crash. I wanted all those people to die and they saved it. They stopped it. And like that would be more interesting because it's fucked up and sadistic. But yeah. I think some people would be like, no, oh, that's too easy. Easier than his family dying and he's an evil man now. Like, I don't know. Like, at least he would be evil. Like, that's the yeah. reason. And he creates the nightmares to finally get like what he's never been able to have. You know what I mean? That enjoyment of chaos, which would be a little bit more interesting in my eyes. But some people might be like, that's easy. <laughs> like, OK, you know, then everything's easy at this point. I just don't know. I don't know. Like, but here's the thing is we didn't say like Joker was fucked up in uh smile, right? Or like Joker Harley, like that yeah. was, he was just sadistic, crazy. And we were like, damn, that's awesome. So like sometimes easy, like our villainous is just good. Like mm-hmm. I want to see a good guy beat that bad guy. That's it. Uh I think people overthink it too much and try to make everybody relatable. Um, so yeah, we do end up seeing that. Uh, we see that everybody kind of comes out of their nightmares at the end of this book after the reveal and the nightmares have bled into reality uh, because that's what insomnia wanted. And he has the nightmare stone now, and he's been able to bring all his nightmares to reality. So uh, the next issue will be, I'm assuming the justice league and everybody beating up all of these nightmares. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. And and then there was like some new Nightmare Nights, essentially. So like the Superman version, the Wonder Woman version, and the Batman version are all in reality now. So yeah, they'll have to fight their own nightmares. Which is Batman going to be able to turn into his crazy suit? You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. To where like, oh, if this is a real world, we can do what we did in the dreams. You know what I mean? Like I'm lucid living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Um, let's go ahead and do Penguin next, and we'll end with Gotham or Neo. Um, Neo Gotham. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, did you? Did we talk about? Did you read Adventures Continues? Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that book. Yeah, I read it. I read it. Um, where did I? Oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, no, this was actually really good. Uh, I mean, but when is it not? It's Paul Dini. Wow. Um, okay, I thought you were gonna be a little upset by the ending um with hold on i don't remember the tease as of what's to come oh oh with the new shit that's a little silly um are you just talking about like no like the literal ending the uh spoilers uh wait hold on because it's the word of house i'm thinking of the other book Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I was gonna say. I was like, what? I was like, we've, yeah. we've, we've already seen the Court of Owls in this book. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah. The ending's a little silly, but it's it's you know an animated series. But I I did like this one. Um. Yeah. This included some, of course, uh, world building to a world that we already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh see Man Bat again. We see his wife. Uh, I like the inclusion of them, but uh. I do like the very smart idea of Batman going to Poison Ivy with this uh, grain and being like, hey, like, I need you to study this. Like, yeah. you 
you are you're the botanist you know how these things work um i did like that mm-hmm. um how did you feel about the uh the catwoman portion of this story like this is how i would write catwoman I think most of the time I love that. She's just always flirty with Batman. Even when she almost died. I mm-hmm. love that. Robin was like, I'm right here. Like get a fucking room. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, uh, uh, there's a scene where, uh, uh, she's like, uh, all I'm thinking of is a hot shower. Are yeah. you thinking of the same thing? Bruce? Yeah. <laughs> and Tim's like, I am literally, right here (laughs) so i love because like i think that's how batman and selena kind of just like have good moments in life because they're always in trouble you know what i mean and so they find a time to do that and i think that's probably how relationships are too you know like at least back in my old relationships like even when times were bad like you're having a bad day like you have those little things that only your partner knows about that you're like okay you know things are gonna be fine um and so like i like to see that between them uh, I also really like that they did modernize her design. Um, I like, I think short hair Selena Kyle is best Selena Kyle. I did find it a little weird when you see the flashback of her in the actual Catwoman costume. Yeah. She still has the like very like grayish green, like lower yeah fate. yeah that, that is weird. doesn't make any sense to me yeah that's really annoying um maybe it's just some animated like the animated series could get away with a lot yeah so it could be like something that hides her face you know it, that's why it changes colors or something like that i mean we just read a book that had luminescent batman threading so yeah. like she probably has something that changes her skin color built into her cow like you know what i mean um but the good thing about the animated series is since it is kind of campy at times it that's you let it slide more in my opinion yeah but anyways yeah we find out that selena and man bad and other people have been taken by the court of owls because they're nuisances to the court of owls mm-hmm. and uh, that's why they're captured man bad was actually the reason she was able to escape because she was gone from gotham for a long time there's like this thing where she's like scratching into the days like how many days have been gone um so we she's we know she's been gone for a while. Manbat went crazy, broke her out of her cell, and she was able to escape and got chased down. That's when Batman, you know, we had that line that you mentioned about the hot showers. Uh, him and Robin take off, or at least he takes off. Or no, Robin's there, but they don't show him in this panel. Um, he goes and meets um, what's her name, uh, Francine, that is the wife to Manbat, uh, mm-hmm. and she's all like, "I haven't seen him in a week. You know what, you." can go ahead and tell him that i'm gone or whatever like he can be with you he can be with the city i'm out and so she's leaving they've always had a troubled relationship so like this isn't anything new and he's like oh yeah here are the pills that he takes now because like he can transform with pills now i guess and he's like all right and so i hope that doesn't mean that everybody's gonna turn into man bats <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> um because that could be an animated series type of thing because I love the animated series, but they did have some goofy episodes where Selena was a cat at one time. She got transformed into a cat. Mm-hmm. And like there's been different things like that. So it's very possible. Um, we do have Batman calling Gordon and talking about the Court of Owls. And he's like, I thought that died with the mayor. They're like, apparently not. Did he even die? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like there's that questioning. Uh, then Raish comes back and he's like, hey, 
Uh, I'm probably going to die sometime soon. So are you going to take over this uh, demon head role? You know, so I could teach you everything. Like you got to, you know, you can test your shit all you want. But I'm trying to be honest with you. That's where we see um, Talia's there. She shows up when, you know, Batman is talking to Ivy, like you mentioned. And she's like, yo, all this shit is good. This is the only plant I can't talk to, though. So Batman's like, figure it out. Like, I trust you. Well, and, and he says, please. And, and yeah. Poison Ivy's like, wow, Batman says, please. The miracles really do exist. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like the somewhat tension between Talia and Catwoman in here yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah, I love the way Talia's drawn. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the hair covering her face and everything. She's like really, really well. Um, but yeah, so Batman, Robin, they gave Selena a tracker to like, yo, call us if you need us. She presses the button. She's like, I was expecting you and maybe the kid, but not your fan club. And uh, her and Talia, it's like their first meeting, but they know of each other. Like their mm-hmm. reputations precede them. And uh, she's like, yeah, you're Talia. You have this diamond, this ruby, this stuff. And she's like, you're mistaken. Those are hidden in the Alps where we have our safe. And she's like, they were. And so, like, <laughs> that's kind of cool. And then, um, yeah, and then so it looks like this is going to be the new gang that is going to go after the Court of Owls. And uh, Batman does kind of have a cheesy line, but he gets away with these in this series where they're like, oh, that big bird. I think that's that's the one that controls them. He's like, well, they're about to get new management. They're going to have a change yeah. in management. <laughs> I'm just like, damn. So um, Batman and everybody goes to fight the Court of Owls. And the Court of Owls are down there. And they're like, yo, this is done. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, we've changed since the last time you fought us. And these weird demon-type monster dogs come out of the sores. And it looks like Batman and everybody's going to have to fight them to survive. And it says, next, the epic conclusion. Uh, that was the only silly part, really. Like, yeah. uh, Court of Owls got mutant dogs. I can believe it. I think they're rats. Oh, you think because so? of the sewers and everything? I think oh, they I might they be, be like giant mutant rats. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'd I'd believe you. Um, I thought they were just like you know Resident Evil dogs. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, rats makes a lot of sense since they're in the sewers. Uh, but yeah, no, that was fun. I mean, I love reading the animated series. Um, because it's it just reminds me of the show. I wish it was the older style. They went with the more modern Tim uh, Burton, not Tim Burton. Um, what's his face? Uh, oh, oh, Bruce creator. Tim. Bruce Tim. There you go. Uh, they went with the newer style, uh, which is not my favorite, but it still looks great drawn. Uh, the cover for this was also really cool, where they're fighting on top of the Batmobile, which is really weird though, because Batman's like looking at himself fighting, and everybody else is fighting on it. But it was a cool little cover. Uh, but yeah, so moving on from that, um, you know, that's always hot stuff. Let's go to the, I mean, do you, th- which story do you think better, Neo Gotham or Tom King's? Well, you said you wanted to talk Neo Gotham last. Yeah, but you also mentioned the ending, and I'm assuming that's the book you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think you don't like the ending of that one. Is it true? Like, do you do you not like I the ending of that one? didn't care. Okay, like, okay. Like, I, I didn't hate it or love it. I, okay, I thought it was interesting okay. though because it's Batman Beyond. Okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about that last. Um, but moving on to uh, Tom King's Penguin. Now, for anybody that doesn't know this, this is an ongoing. It's not a mini series. It's not a maxi series. It is ongoing, much like Wonder Woman. So Tom King has joined the ongoing series rank for the first time in a long time, 
And I'm curious if he's done with Maxis for a while, which will be because that's two books that are ongoing, which would be kind of crazy for him. But yeah. Tom King also writes an issue a week for multiple series. So I don't know. He has a crazy schedule, but um the art in this book is amazing. I thought the art was great. I believe this I is, love the art in this book. Um oh wow, I thought this was actually the dude that did um Rorschach, but it's not. So De La Toro um is or Tori. Hello, Della de Tor. I don't know. I always, I always mistake my people's names. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just assuming there. But anyways, uh, in this one, it starts off with Batman and Penguin in a bat boat, and they're sinking. Batman is talking about how he's like, all of his safeguards are failing. The boat is supposed to float up. He's supposed to be able to use all of these different things, but they're taking on water. And he's like, you know, everything I need to do, I need to be able to, I need to be able to get out of this, but everything I try is failing and I can't die here. Like I can't die next to him. And it's like penguins just kind of just chilling there and he's like dying. And Bruce is all, I'm thinking about Selena. I'm thinking about the family, Alfred, and this can't be where it ends. And uh, he's like, but and it, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but cause like it takes two, it takes place in two different eras. Like it's yeah. a year apart from each other. And there's another part where he's like, I can't die unless I ask Penguin this question. And so yeah. that's kind of how the book ends. But uh, moving on from that, um, so there's that situation where they're about to die, Penguin and Batman sinking in a boat. And then it says one year earlier in Metropolis. And this is where we assume Zadarsky's Penguin has been, but we don't know officially because I don't know if Selena said he was in Metropolis. I would have to go back and look at the first backup. Yeah. Um, because I have an inkling that she does mention something. I might uh, actually have it. Let me see. Um, I don't I thought I downloaded it. You know what? I might have downloaded it and then re- realized it was something I already did and deleted it because we read it before. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, no. I think I did. I think I did. So yeah, I don't have it. Um, uh, but anyways, so yeah. Um so yeah, maybe he was in Metropolis, and I just don't remember it from that book. But he's getting a suit made by a tailor, and a tailor kind of asks, kind of makes an insult about his weight. An insult that is meant to be a compliment. So what yes. he says is, uh, oh, you know, you uh, have, uh, he says, you've lost a few more pounds since our last visit. Uh good for you huh you look real fit you know bet it took a lot of work yeah and so it's it's a compliment Mm -hmm. but an insult because it's like oh that must have been really hard for you right like so i could see why he's worried because this dude is worried yeah for his life after this yeah because it's also like when you make it's Because it is a compliment, right? When you're like, oh, you've lost weight. But it's also kind of saying, like, you were fat. Like, I knew you were, like, you were a little big because I I noticed you lost weight. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, so you're insulting and complimenting at the same time, almost. Um, But either way, he is freaking out. He's like, I'm so sorry. Uh, Your suit is free. It's on the house. Express shipping. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, he's trying to just trying to get everything good. And Penguin is just like, it's all good. We all make mistakes. I'll see you, you know, when it's ready. And uh, obviously the guy's a nervous wreck. Then 
there's so much dialogue. Like, I love King. I think he's great. But there was a lot of dialogue here. And this is a lot of monologuing from, we assume, is Batman. He is monologuing this I thought I thought it was the agent the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, because I knew she was in this book. And the what she hmm. was talking about, she was like, we have an agent scheduled or we have somebody watching. Batman usually does the watching himself. True. So Okay, that would make a little bit more sense yeah. uh, to connect everything here. So uh, there is a lot of monologuing here, mm-hmm. uh, basically just observing what Penguin is doing, uh, getting out of the tailor, going to get uh, the Metropolis newspaper, grabbing some food, going to the park, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but then he has a run-in with some random individual who is actually an undercover cop. Yeah. And this cop is basically trying to just poke at Penguin, mm-hmm. trying to see if there's any kind of reaction, uh, cursing at him a whole lot, uh, calling him ugly, saying he has a funny-looking nose and all of this stuff. And Penguin's like, you know, I have been said to have a funny-looking nose. It makes mm-hmm. me look a little weird, but it's all right. It's all right. Very chill for the Penguin. We yeah. see that he is, you know, quote-unquote, turn a new leaf, basically. Um, but uh, it, it doesn't get him riled up at all. So yeah. the guy just leaves, and uh, we see that Penguin has... Uh, well, they, new... they, they do make sure to say that he pissed himself. Because the thing is that Penguin... Oh, yeah, the, the yeah. undercover cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, Penguin doesn't notice that, and he just walks off. Because the... And she even mentions that they have people on standby in case something does go down, but he'll more than likely die. Just to yeah. insinuate how dangerous the Penguin is, because a lot of people don't ever think the Penguin is that dangerous. Um, usually, like, oh, Penguin has other people do that. And I think I've said that before, too. But I've also seen Penguin do some fucked up shit. So, like, uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting, but, you know, uh, continue. You are saying he was getting to his house and whatnot. Yeah, he, he's getting to his house, and he has a new squeeze. Uh, yeah. We find out that this is his fiance. Uh, her name is uh, Rita, I think. Yeah, is. yeah, it's Rita. Uh, and he is making dinner for her. Uh, it's going to take a while. And she's like, oh, I know how to, you know, pass the time. And the next thing you know, they're both in bed. And he's yeah. like, yeah, that food is definitely burnt by now. Uh, we'll we'll figure something out else out for dinner. And they're talking about how, like, she really misses smoking. And he's like, oh, you shouldn't miss that. That stuff will kill you. Like, it's it's a completely different side of Penguin we haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the whole point of, of what we're seeing here. Uh, but we get to his place of work, the flower shop that we saw in that. Uh, Catwoman backup story mm-hmm. um, and we see this individual come in and this is like your your grade A douchebag yeah. it's like hey my wife is mad at me for some stupid reason I have no idea what for so I guess I should get her flowers but hey find me something that looks expensive that really yeah. isn't because uh, let's just you know uh penguin says well let's just see what the rule of thumb is or something like that and he says well as a rule of thumb you usually get what uh what one pays for Mm -hmm. and the dude's like did you actually know that the rule of thumb is actually comes from this idea that back when it was okay to beat the shit out of women you know, mm-hmm. I miss those days, right? Ha ha. Yeah. Ha. He's uh, a super douchebag. He's a super douchebag. And basically, he's explaining how, like, oh, well, 
back in the day, you could grab a stick that was no thinner or no thicker than your thumb, the rule of thumb, to beat your wife with. And a penguin has this small little bird that ends up biting this individual. And he's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Like, this hurt. Like, F you. I'm leaving. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming back here. Uh, and, you know, penguin reassures this bird and two individuals walk into the shop. Yeah. Um, uh, it's actually just one. The guy's leaving. And oh, the guy, in. the guy's yeah, yeah. leaving. That's what it looks like. And, yeah. and uh, this individual is coming into uh, the shop. Penguin is saying, uh, uh, this penguin, uh, he is talking to the bird and saying like, oh, you know, we'll find a place for you. Saying like, oh, he probably just took this bird in. He's nursing it. And, you know, eventually it'll get better and fly away. So, again, seeing the side of penguin that is very nurturing. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden the bird fucking explodes from a fucking bullet. <laughs> Yeah. And agent that we know as uh, agent Nuri Espinosa killed the freaking bird like yeah. right off the bat. We know this agent before because she is the agent from uh, the uh, killing time. Uh, yeah, the the, uh, uh, the series that Tom King had written prior. Yeah. Uh, and we even have a reference to that when uh, she takes him in. Uh, for booking and it says this is a process that takes a couple weeks mm-hmm. uh that he is uh out of his house we see amanda waller is there amanda waller is behind something here yeah um and that this uh agent espinosa is working for her yeah uh which i thought was a little suspicious here well, well she does work feel- for the i mean yeah she i guess I guess Amanda Waller probably controls all the government agencies. You know, I always thought she was just like secret ops, but Espinosa, I believe, is the FBI. So yeah. it seems like Waller controls that. Or maybe she only comes in on big hope profile cases like this yeah. because uh, we learn later that um, she wants Penguin to work with her to take back his empire and they will be controlling everything. Yeah. I mean, this, this is definitely. Uh, Waller's mo of yeah. like, hey, I need to control a bigger portion of whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's odd that they're choosing Penguin. Um, I don't know why she. I mean, I guess the idea is okay. Your kids are small fry compared to you. You need yeah. to go back. You need to control things, uh, and we can control you. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a, a conversation between Agent Espinosa and Penguin. And I thought this was kind of like very humorous. Yeah. Before we before we jump onto that, I do want to point out one thing with between Waller and Espinosa. She was like, "Are you gonna? I, I got him. Like, are you gonna give me praise? Oh, like and, a promotion or something? Yeah." And she's all like, "When the bat's on that chair, and we got that, then I'll give you a pat on the head. Until then, do your fucking job." Yeah. And I love this. Is when she, Espinosa salutes, and she was like, "May the wall never fall." Oh. And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> that's a good that is a good line like oh man that was like, good i th- it looks like amanda hates that fucking line because mm-hmm. in the panel next to her she's like i'm nice and like uh yeah i was just like god damn that is a good tagline for her uh but yeah you were talking about the uh the conversation between the penguin conversation and between espinosa and penguin uh she references penguin as like oh you're a smart one and he's like no 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 that's the riddler riddler's yeah. the smart one uh uh 
and he says, uh, Harvey's just one. Pamela's the passionate one. He's the, the just one. I read oh, that the wrong just too. One. Yeah. I was just like, just one. I was like, he's two though. Like, yeah. The, the just one. Pamela's the passionate one. Victor's the cold one. Jonathan's the scared one. Roz is the militant one. And Joker is obviously the crazy one. And she's like, huh, that's fascinating. Fascinating. Well, who are you? And he's like, well, didn't anybody tell you? I'm the fat one. And he does the quack, quack, ha, ha, the the penguin laugh. And I thought that was actually really funny. I was like, that is very subtle comedic gold Mm -hmm. there. Um, But they have this conversation on, like, why they took him in, um, like, what they want him to do. uh, And all, like, they're basically just saying all of their game plan to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, she says, like, you're a terrorist. You're, you are big and bad. Uh, so you wouldn't want anything to happen to your fiance, right? Like mm-hmm. they are threatening his new way of living. Because yeah. I genuinely think from the way Tom King wrote it, I don't know what Howard or Chip was doing. Mm-hmm. The way King has portrayed Penguin here, he's had a new life. Like, yeah. He's found something that he could possibly live and be happy with Mm -hmm. and they're threatening to take that away from him um so uh they basically say uh you know you just do our bidding and we're all good yeah and this again lots of dialogue yeah lots of inner monologue but uh at the very end of this conversation with uh espinosa and uh and penguin penguin had mentioned at the beginning of the conversation oh you're the one that cusses a lot right yeah. like you were you were in that incident where uh where riddler shot your face mm-hmm. uh and she's like oh i don't do that anymore mm-hmm. but by the end of this long conversation with penguin he walks out and she's like covering her face and she's like stuttering something and mm-hmm. all of a sudden she just yells out fuck yeah like how did you read this so i read this as it is an exciting fuck like she's like i have him yeah and that's that's how i that's how i saw it like she is like yes like i did it this is gonna get me oh so much closer to you know getting that pat on the head from waller Mm -hmm. i i think this is a new level to her like achievements yeah yeah. And then um, she says, like, he just walks out. He doesn't ask, like, when we'll contact him. He just walks out because he already knows what's going to happen. He He's like, and he says, I'm late to go pick up my suit. So call back to the beginning of the book. He goes and he's talking to the guy. The guy's like, oh, Mr. Penguin, you're here, yada, yada. And Penguin just knocks the shit out of him with his umbrella and starts beating the shit out of him. And this is in uh, laced in between the final page where Batman is drowning, like they're about to drown. Uh, him and Penguin are, are sinking in the bat boat. Uh, the guy's dead on the ground. We assume he's dead unless he's just bleeding out of his face. Uh, and then there is Penguin in this one panel putting his thumb up to his umbrella to see that it's the same with the rule of thumb. Yeah, the rule of thumb. This is something Tom King does very well. Yeah. He will take references and stuff and make stories out of them, which is something I don't see other writers do. And I think that's what makes him unique. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he does other elements that some people won't like, but there's always 
majority of the time, there's a reason why Tom King is doing something. And I think I really like that about storytelling instead of just being like, here's a cool thing and it never amounts to something, which can be kind of annoying for a lot of writers. But uh, Batman does say that like, you know, uh, he says this, I've always hoped my last thoughts would be for my family, my boys and Selena. But as we're going down, all that comes to me is a question that I'll never get an answer to. Uh, he's just the penguin. How the hell does he do this? And so I think this is going to be a good story for Tom King to do because Tom King loves to tell the stories that are untold. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, the penguin is feels like the least threatening out of all of the villains, right? But he has like the most power, it feels like. He's the one that always survives. In all of the other stories where people have like, you know, it's 20 years later. I mean, we saw it in uh, Catwoman, right? Uh, Catwoman Lonely City. He was still there and he was like, I'm clean now. I work for the government or like I do real shit. Like we're all clean now here. We don't do yeah. any bad stuff. And he was running like an actual operation or whatever. It's because he, everybody's always seen Penguin as like the business guy, but how does he keep control of it? And I think uh, Bruce is, I mean, Bruce, uh, Tom King is going to tell that story of how Penguin is able to stay in control all of this uh, for this whole long time, you know? So I'm intrigued uh i it was very wordy but i'm going to assume we're not gonna have to hear about espinosa like hear espinosa talk that much for all of the series i think this was just a build-up to kind of explain a lot of things so yeah. i'm hoping it's not as wordy going forward um and we're gonna hear more about penguin and conversations and stuff like that but overall but again, i enjoyed it i will say this mm -hmm. the last book that was featured as a villain titles mm -hmm. joker was a book about gordon yes this book had batman mm -hmm. i think that this is the only way this book is going to sell again there are some diehard tom king fans and there's some diehard hating tom king fans yeah so the sales on this book are going to be up and down. There's going to mm -hmm. be people who hate read this book. So they're going to be up and there's going to be people who love this book that are going to get it even further. But what I'm saying is as long as Tom King focuses on the penguin. Yeah. And keeps it about the penguin. That's what's going to make me happy because I hate that a, uh, when they title a book, something mm -hmm. and then not feature that character or that event or that thing. Yeah. Until like the last issue or what, excuse me, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's why the Joker book didn't do well. It yeah. it was a Gordon story. You should have just had a Gordon miniseries if that's really what you needed. Yeah. Um, with this, I think that King has made it more and more intriguing on the idea of like, okay, this is going to be a return. Like this is like, I guess like uh, I've never seen this show. But mm -hmm. I could see King making this like a Sopranos type deal. Uh, yeah. What the Penguin show is supposed to be, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, and also, I didn't even think of that. Very timely for eventually when that show is going to be coming out. So, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about King right now, right, is he's also on <clears throat> James Gunn's writing team. Mm -hmm. They're not doing anything right now. But, I want to know if James Gunn kind of threw this out there when he put him on the team. He's like, 
So um gonna need you to write some things so we can kind of sell books while we also do the movies. So I need you to give me some backstory on Penguin and I need you to make a better Wonder Woman. And I wonder if that's kind of like, you know, kind of just like what he's doing out there because he has that power. Because like, which if I'm Tom King and I've seen how James Gunn can make people buy comic books, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll do that for sure. Like, you want me to write Wonder Woman? And then you're going to tweet it out and be like, oh, yeah, this Wonder Woman is going to be the story we're following. I'd be down. Because you got to remember, too, that if James Gunn is going to do the MCU version, eventually we're not going to have Wonder Woman. We're not going to have, you know, Superman. We're not going to have Batman. The new generation could be Damien, you know, John, and Trinity which Tom King just created Trinity. So maybe they're thinking that far in advance. I think this is all that this would all just be like, Oh, speculation and and speculation pie in the sky type of stuff. But I would prefer somebody thinking that far ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So that would be kind of cool. I don't think that's happening, but it is interesting to think about when he is on both teams. So either way, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this more than Joker that are then, you know, that whatever the first, I don't even know what the hell he calls that story. The bat, the, you know, brave and the bold story. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. I don't, I don't um, know what the title of the story is know. either. I, I enjoy it more than that. Um, because this one is intriguing. And the other one just seems like it was too high expectations. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, he set it up too much. Like this is the first time they meet. And I'm like, ah, uh, it's not, not good enough for me, but this one I enjoy. But anyways, let's move on to the final book of the week. And it is the Batman beyond neo-gothic um this we read previously and it was about uh we found out that there's the old gotham city is under the new gotham city which i really enjoyed because i always questioned how the hell did gotham change so much in you know a short amount of time and it's because they built on top of the old gotham which i think is really cool um and for anybody that thinks like that's kind of dumb I'm pretty sure there's something like Venice is like, there's like a whole city under Venice. Cause it's like all underwater, right? Water keeps rising. Yeah. So they have to keep building, which I think is fucking insane. So same kind of concept, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we, we ended the last one with croc. They found croc, like this monstrous croc. And so Batman, uh, you know, Terry is fighting this like almost Kaiju size. Yeah. He's croc. huge. Yeah. So it's really cool. Art is amazing. He's like, Croc, you know, the old guy, the first guy said you could be reasoned with. Like, you know, just Waylon, like, talk to me. Waylon's like, eat you, food, hungry, you know? And so, like, he just wants to eat him. <laughs> and uh, he's, he says he hasn't ate in months. And I wonder if Batman was feeding him. And maybe since he's dead, he hasn't been well, eating Well, that's food. the implication. Uh, kind of moving ahead here. Uh, the assumption that Terry comes across is that Bruce made this underground. Mm -hmm. Now, knowing this story and what I told you about the story that came out in Brave and the Bold, yeah, what if Waylon and whatever else is down here is Batman's way of keeping this dark garden at bay i think it's pretty cool 
Uh, it's definitely a better story than like death metal. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a way of like, again, saying, Hey, you're a person that he could, you know, reason with mm-hmm. Waylon throughout the years. Bruce eventually was like, dude, we're getting too old for this. Like, yeah. We can't keep like, I know like you rob banks and do all this stuff, but like, you're also getting too big for the outside world. So why don't mm-hmm. you just stay here? I'll feed you. You protect this from this. Like I could see Bruce Wayne making that deal with Waylon. Yeah. Especially if Waylon were to get this big and be like, Hey, like you literally can't just go walking around everywhere. Like mm-hmm. you're going to crush people. Uh, you're going to cause more wreck than, than anything else. You can't just use money anymore. Yeah. Um, I could see it happening. I want to, I want to know what's further down here um, yeah. in, in this underground for sure. Um, but I, I love these implications and I, and I, and I, again, we know that Bruce has done a lot of questionable things before, but it's mm-hmm. for the greater good of both the individuals of Gotham and Gotham itself. So yeah. like, even though this may sound bad, just know that it was probably to protect a whole lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Cause we do see a Wayne enterprise logo down there. And Terry's like, this is a labyrinth. Like, what's going on here, right? And uh, Terry actually gets saved by, I forget his name. Kyle. Like, Kyle. Oh, yeah, because they're all after Selena. Um, Kyle saves him with a flame, flaming bomb. And Terry's like, man, I haven't seen that since, like, middle school. Like, you got to tell me how you did that. And, um, you know, then we we switch over to uh, Boma or Buma, uh, Buma, I believe. And she's talking to a lot of the people that have had their kids missing. And they're like, we're going to get justice and yada, yada. Then an earthquake happens and we find out it's uh, Loomis or destroying a whole building. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? Like, these people need help and you're causing like problems or whatever. And it's uh, interesting just to kind of end that part of the story because it skips between other panels. Uh, It's this moral dilemma type of thing where it's like, you say I'm ruining the world, but I just made this massive new place where it can hold thousands and thousands of families. Like maybe you're just mad that I'm changing history or like I'm making things better, but I'm not doing it your way, which is a weird dilemma that I think does happen in society. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like we want, you guys want us to improve things for everybody, but when we do, because we don't do it your way, or maybe certain people can't be in this area anymore. You're mad, you know? Which, granted, it's never that simple. It's usually yeah. like, hey, we're going to come in, give you pennies, and then we're going to make multi-million dollar places, and you can't live here anymore because you just don't fit the vibe, uh, which is usually how it is. And that's kind of mm-hmm. the same thing happening here. But if, you know, it comes down to the question of, like, if he's giving everybody a home, there's no excuse for homeless people or anything like that because they have a place to go. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. So there's that fight going on. But then we see Croc is essentially chasing Batman through this whole um, this whole issue because he thought he beat him. And then he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you cannot go like I have to protect this area. But he's like just mumbling like food bones. Um, and at this point, Batman looks like he's going to kind of lose. And then Croc just gets KO'd by Kyle with some kind of magic powers. And uh Terry's just like, uh huh. Yeah. So I looked at the wording of the magic spell. Yeah. I made sure to like turn it upside down, see if I could read it backwards and whatnot. It is not the same kind of magic that Zatanna uses for sure. 
um, because none of those words uh, spell anything backwards. Um, But it is a powerful spell uh, to knock this killer croc on his ass and completely like knock him out um, is is has to be pretty powerful. And even Terry is like, did you just kill him? Nah, nah, he's he's just out cold for a bit. Don't know how long, but he's just out cold. (laughs) Yeah, it also seems like Terry doesn't know what magic is. Yeah. So I find that very interesting with having the knowledge of Batman. But also in a very techno world society. Yeah. I think that the Batman Beyond universe is so far into the future that like, I think all of that is old school. Like, I, I don't think yeah. there's a whole lot of magic there. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, what ends up happening is after he knocks him out, there's obviously another hole so they can go down to the next layer. He drops a flare and he's all like, and there was also this talk about how Batman is a symbol for hope. Mm-hmm. And so Kyle reiterates this here. And he's like, then I hope you're not getting us both killed. And because he doesn't, he wants to leave. Like after fighting Croc, he's like, we need to go back up topside. And uh, he's like, no, we got to find those kids. And he's like, oh, what? They probably got eaten. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, the way he was talking, no, he, he didn't eat them because, like, he's hungry. Um, so he drops a flare down, and it reveals that there is the tomb. Because, you know, uh, this is Croc says you cannot go to the tomb. Like, I have to protect the tomb. And it is revealed it's the Court of Owls. It, yeah, it says, says the, the tomb, tomb of owls. Yeah. It says next, who are the owls? Yeah. So another thing Terry doesn't know. Um, usually I do get really annoyed when the court of owls are everywhere. It's like, oh yeah, let's just use the court of owls. I'm like, bro, come on. But this is beyond. And I assume the court has probably been dead or gone for many, 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 many decades now because they were around during the time of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um and I like that it they just didn't show up. If this is the tomb where they held all the dead bodies of the owls, because that, that is a thing. Like, there was mm-hmm. an area. That's kind of cool. Because I'm like, yeah, what happened to all those dead bodies? You know what I mean? I think that would be kind of cool. So, like, Bruce had Wayland protect the tomb so that way they couldn't be resurrected again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a cool idea. So, um, But the idea also of the court still being active and Bruce letting them be active in a mm-hmm. some sort of capacity as far as like, Hey, they haven't done anything bad to Gotham in quite some time. They are more of the Gotham of old. They probably don't care about the new Gotham. So they're not going to deal with that. And that's okay. New Gotham is my thing. Old Gotham is their thing. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that was the deal that they probably broke. I don't know. Like, I think both can imply like really fun stories uh, to tell with Terry. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see where they go with it. I would probably bet more that it's the tomb where all the bodies are. Yeah. um, And maybe somebody is alive down there. I don't know. I'm assuming to only keep the story going, you have to have people alive in every level. Um, Lincoln March. Yeah. Oh, maybe. (laughs) Um, But We'll see. We'll see. Uh, it is intriguing, though, because it was beyond. I was like, oh, that's a interesting concept. But if it was like modern day Batman, I'd be like, oh, OK. Like if Tom King brings out the owls, I'm going to be like, bro, in the Penguin story. Yeah. Like, Come on, man. 
Um, because yeah, they have been overused. Um, I mean, they're get, they're going to be the main, one of the main figureheads or they were the main figureheads in Gotham Knights, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I hope they're not in Suicide Squad. That would be terrible to have them in both games, but either way, that was the final book, ladies and gentlemen. Um, solid stuff. Uh, I did enjoy, you know, two or three of the books this week, but a lot of them were just kind of like, Meh, they're just books. Um, I feel like, is there a big book? Does Catwoman start next week? Two weeks from now? Um, I think so. Yeah. I will say, uh, Jimenez has been dropping some good art from that. So at least it's going to look nice, but I don't have any faith in the story. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, at least we got this Penguin book now. I don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be monthly. Probably not bi-weekly. So, yeah. you know, we'll have to assume that. Because he is also writing um, Wonder Woman. So I'm assuming Tom King's going to be just doing both of those. But, uh, yeah, that is going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. Clay, what do you got going on this week, man? So this week, if you go over to Star Wars Alliance, we did uh, review the first two episodes of the Ahsoka series. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, and that is basically it. I have uh, since uh, started streaming again. Uh, Marvel Snap just recently launched their PC client. It mm-hmm. looks great. Uh, I streamed just for a little bit over the past few days. Uh, so and I, the only time that I usually have to stream is pretty late at night. And it's yeah. usually to get some footage uh, for the YouTube video that you're watching right now. So uh, if you want to hang out there, just keep a notification out on the Discord because I usually uh, announce it there. Yeah. Um, have you uploaded footage? Because I might use my Chainsaw Massacre footage. I have not uploaded. I just recorded uh, last night. I'm gonna I'm gonna be editing some stuff to so, to. I'll probably be next to- week. It'll yeah. probably be next week if you want to see the Marvel Snap stuff because I think I have enough footage for this podcast for uh, Chainsaw Massacre. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I am streaming uh, every Tuesday, uh, Friday, and Saturday if you want to check that out. And I'm just working on a bunch of shit. So uh, follow my socials. Um, although I did delete Twitter from my phone because I was wanting too much. I'm just doom scrolling <laughs> all the time. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. And remember... Batman is awesome. Batman!